You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. There are a lot of things that this Sacramento Kings team needs. Physicality, aggressiveness, leadership, accountability, being four of the most prominent. And there's one player that has suddenly potentially become available that checks all four of those boxes. I'm talking about Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. After some crazy changes to the front office and coaching staff in Boston, could Marcus Smart be available And do the Sacramento Kings have what it would take to get a deal done? On today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by John Corrales from the Locked On Celtics podcast. We'll talk about the possibility of a Kings and Marcus Smart trade. Plus, he'll fill us in on what's going on in Boston right now. And I have audio from the Locked On Warriors podcast, an interview with Kent Bazemore, former Sacramento King, who talks about last offseason wanting to return to the Kings but the deal falling through. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, or it was season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. I'm looking forward to season number eight. But before we get there, the Kings have to go through the months of this offseason where we are expecting a lot of things to change. We've heard Monty McNair talk about the Kings wanting to be aggressive. I think we're all in agreement that the Kings need to upgrade their roster. And the possibility of adding a player like Marcus Smart to this group is very enticing to say the least. Smart is a name that I know a lot of Kings fans have talked about being the type of player that this team needs. And we're not just talking last season. We're talking for the last four, five, six seasons. So Marcus Smart potentially available now or rumored to be one of the players that could be available for the Boston Celtics with all the changes that they've made now to their front office and their coaching staff. To fill us in on everything going on, here is my conversation with the host of the Locked on Celtics podcast, John Corrales. Well, if we thought the Sacramento Kings and their offseason got off to a quick start with the announcement that Luke Walton would remain the head coach here in Sacramento, that doesn't hold a candle to what the Boston Celtics have done. The day after being eliminated from the playoffs, hey, at least they made it, even though it was a, a gentleman's sweep at the hands of the Nets. A day after, all of a sudden, they're looking for a new head coach. But it's not because Brad Stevens was fired. It's because Brad Stevens was promoted after Danny Ainge stepped down. So Brad Stevens is going from the bench to the front office. And now the Boston Celtics are looking for a head coach. I'm confused. And I am so excited to have John Corrales, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast, joining me here because we're going to talk about a couple things. One is what's going on in Boston. And then to tie the Kings in, we've heard rumors now that apparently Marcus Smart, amongst others, could be available. Marcus Smart, as I know, I know is a name that has been floated around Sacramento conversations and circles as a piece that the Kings could desperately need. John, welcome in, my friend. How are you doing? 
I am, you know, I'm good. I am good. I didn't need an extra coffee today. I got the energy carrying me through from this wild day in Boston. So I remember hearing earlier on in the season, and maybe this was like a national perspective outside of Boston perspective that really didn't carry any weight to it. But I remembered reading, wow, the the seat of Brad Stevens could be getting hot. And there's a chance that Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics as the head coach might not last too long. And I remember thinking selfishly, oh man, if the Kings are planning on moving on from Luke Walton, Brad Stevens is a name I would not mind Sacramento going after. Well, he is no longer the head coach, it seems, but it doesn't sound like Brad Stevens is going anywhere. No, no. In fact, Brad Stevens is picking his next head coach. It's it's a wild situation. I did not expect uh, Brad Stevens to be in this position. But, you know, here we are. This is just a wild kind of, you know, turn for the Boston Celtics where Danny Ainge decided that he wanted to retire. He wanted to, he had done enough. He had seen enough. He had gone through enough. And so it's, it's, it's time to, to move on. He says, and, and I, I never expected Brad Stevens to leave the sidelines. I thought he'd leave kicking and screaming. Like he's, he's a basketball coach and basketball coaches are basketball coaches. And I, I just thought that he, he loved being in that the middle of it. And, and I guess he still does, but just in a different, a different way, I suppose. So you know, I'm, I'm still kind of processing, you know, all of the uh, whys and and why now and, and all of that. But, you know, here we are. And, and Brad Stevens is going to be making the picks and, and trading players and, and putting this team together. And, and, and maybe if he if if the Celtics win a championship, it'll be with somebody else on the sidelines. But with, with Brad Stevens pulling the strings. Is it better in your mind that Brad is going completely to the front office and not trying that head coach front office hybrid that we've seen? I know Doc Rivers did it for a time. Tom Thibodeau did it. I don't really, it's not usually very successful. So are you glad that Brad is going full front office instead of trying that hybrid? Or would you have liked to see him maybe try and make both roles work? Uh, I am, I'm very anti-hybrid role. I don't think it's in today's NBA, it, it's not possible. It used to be possible once upon a time, um, and it, it can work uh, in a very, very rare circumstance. Uh, I think things have just gotten so complicated with the collective bargaining agreement that there's no possible way that you can. And, and, and it's not like, it, you know, back in the days when it worked, it was before international players were really involved. And, and it was strictly a college, and it wasn't even a a early entry, it was mostly juniors and seniors. So you had, it was easier for your scouts to do their jobs. There weren't as many teams. Now it's just impossible. There's no way a guy can successfully coach a team, manage these guys, manage these, these players who are making 30 and $40 million a year now. And, you know, in a couple of years with a new TV deal, a lot of guys are going to make you 30 and $40 million a year. The Eagles are going to be out of control. How can you have your, your focus split? So, and, and I will also say this, the Celtics, the owners at the, at the news conference today were actually asked that question. And they said, those are two separate jobs with the Celtics. There's, there, there was never even a hint, an opportunity, an offer or anything like that for Brad Stevens to do that. Of course, going from 
X's and O's and managing rotations to negotiating contracts, making draft picks, scouting talent, things like that. Those are two very different jobs like you just talked about. But based off of your, I guess, understanding of who Brad Stevens is as a competitor, as a person, do you expect him to be aggressive in his early moves in the offseason or do you expect him almost to ease himself into the job? Yeah, that's a good question, man, because I I don't I don't know what he's going to be as an executive. I, I don't know that you can take what he was as a college coach or a pro coach uh, and and extrapolate that out to being a, a, a front office guy, because I think it takes different skills. Um, the college talent evaluation skills will help him for sure, because you're recruiting players, you're evaluating players and that he's he's had a say in all of that all along. So it's not like he's walking in the door and going, okay, how do I do this job? He's walking in the door with having worked with Danny Ainge side by side a lot. And yeah, leaving a lot of the personnel decisions up to Danny Ainge, but you know, I'm sure when Danny Ainge has been uh, thinking about trading players that, that Brad Stevens, hasn't been like blind to it. all. He's, he's added his own two cents. He knows who's going out. He knows who's coming in, no matter what he says, like we would always ask him and he'd say, Oh yeah, that's not my job. I'm a coach. I coach whoever is on my team. Like, like bull. That's BS. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how he is. We know a public perception of Brad Stevens. And that's a very even-keeled kind of guy. I know that privately he's not exactly that. He's different. And as a coach, he was, he's been different. Like, he'll get on his guys. But we'll see. Uh, he, the, the one thing I can say is whenever he's, he's done a job, he knows what the job requirements are, and he will do what's he, – he will try to follow those requirements. So it'll be very interesting. I know that – being a GM, being a, in charge of a team requires you to be a little bit cold and a little bit distant. The biggest question I have for him is, can he separate himself from guys? And you mentioned Marcus Smart. He's He has said of Marcus Smart, I love him and trust him. How do you look at that guy that you say you've loved and trusted and say, I'm trading you? Or negotiate with him and say, hey, these are all the things you, you're bad at, so I'm not going to pay you as much as you want. That That's going to be the hardest part of the job for him. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes like Fiat and Kia and models, Pacifica, XT5, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com offers all the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing about cars. But when I know what part I need, I go to rockauto.com. It's in my basket and on its way to my house within hours. It's amazing. Plus, it saves me a ton of money. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection. 
reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Just a reminder, as the playoffs continue, so does our road to the finals coverage on the Locked On NBA podcast and provided by all of our local hosts of playoff teams. The road to the finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Naturally, when a team is eliminated, a team with high expectations in a big market like Boston is eliminated from the playoffs in the opening round. It's no surprise the next day that that personnel changes, especially when it comes to players are expected and rumors are going to be floated out there. So that's what I wanted to get to the bottom of first. Marcus Smart's name, the first one to come up. Some are calling him the Celtics' most tradable asset. Does Is there water carried in that? Do you believe Marcus is potentially on the block, or is that more of a narrative that we're creating for a team that was just eliminated? Well, what makes Marcus Smart the most trad- tradable asset is this is the heart of this conversation. Number one, he's making uh, 14, the tradable number for next season will be $14.3 million, which is the final year of his contract. And he's he's good He's known as an intense competitor. He's known as a good teammate. He's very loyal. He He's very tradable because, A, he's a guy that people want. B, he's got a contract that people will, can absorb. And C, he's in the final year of his deal. So if for some reason it doesn't work out, he can go away. That's the most tradable player in the league is a guy in this situation. Yeah. So that's, that's why he's tradable. He's not tradable because – Boston wants to move him necessarily. Right. Um, I mean, but also he is tradable because he is in some respects expendable. Like he's not a crucial, crucial piece, but he's also a very important piece. So with that being said, let's assume that he is on the block and teams will be calling as I imagine Brad Stevens will be fielding some phone calls about them this summer. Marcus Smart checks a lot of boxes of not just Sacramento Kings fan wish lists, but a type of player that the Kings need, that grit, that loyalty, that determination on both ends of the floor, especially on defense, that leadership factor that the Kings somewhat lack. So it's very difficult for you to play GM and for me to say, hey, put together a package that you would accept from the Kings perspective. But I'm trying to gauge Smart's value. If from a Sacramento perspective, what does it take is is. Are uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton on too high of a tier to trade for him as Kings fans would probably put them on? Or is it a Harrison Barnes type deal? Is it Marvin Bagley and draft picks? Like, what are we looking at for uh, probably just hypothetical Marcus Smart value in the market from a Kings perspective, if you can do that? Yeah, well, okay. So Marcus Smart to the Celtics means, he does mean a lot. And this is this is where the um, the the change to Brad Stevens changes so much. And I, I don't know how to read what he's going to be like. Is he going to be fiercely loyal? Is he going to say, like I just said, like he, the, the love and trust comment means that he's going to highly, highly value Marcus Smart mm. and basically say Marcus Smart is untradeable? That's a possibility. Is he going to say, uh, on the other side, on the other hand, say, I know all of Marcus Smart's warts. I've seen him shoot too much. I've seen him, you know, defensively be all, all NBA defense, but offensively be kind of like, eh. Uh, if, if he thinks that, then, you know, obviously makes him more tradable. So what, what does 
what does Brad Stevens really see in Marcus Smart? I will lean towards highly valuing Marcus Smart. Like I agree. He, he's in, in the years that I've covered this team, there's the generic answers and then there's the glowing answers. And he's always kind of skewed towards the glowing answers with Marcus Smart. So that, that makes me think that highly valued and yes, tradable, but okay. Now let's talk about return. So are, are, are the Celtics going to look at Tyrese Halliburton as a guy that could be in, in return? I like, I don't know what I'm, I'm just looking at the roster that, you know, the, the Kings roster Halliburton. Sure. I mean, he, he rose to, you know, rookie of the year conversation, right? So, I mean, he's, he's a, a, a guy that has some interest. Interest enough to trade Marcus Smart for, depending on where the Celtics see themselves in this situation. Do they see themselves as, hey, we're a couple of players away from being a true contender? What are we doing here? Um, I, I tend to say that while the Halliburton conversation is interesting, and while a Harrison Barnes conversation is interesting, I don't know that that's exactly where the Celtics want to go if they want to trade Marcus Smart. I, I, I've also highly valued Marcus Smart. And so my feeling is, okay, Marcus Smart gives you X. We know that he's got the intangibles. And on a fully healthy team, he does stay within himself much more often. I feel like if you're going to move Marcus Smart, you use that 13 million at 14.3 million uh, as a, a trade aggregation. So you're actually throwing Marcus Smart and Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith mm. or Grant Williams together, uh, Peyton Pritchard, one of, you know, two of those guys, three of them, whatever the number is to get that Marcus Smart salary up to and if we're talking 14.3 and, and Romeo Langford, now you're up to up over 18, you're matching certain salaries that gets you into the low 20 range. You throw another guy in there, you get to the 25 million range. Is there a star player making that kind of money that maybe can turn this team into a three-star offense? That's more of what I see the Celtics doing is using Marcus Smart to get that third kind of star. And I don't know that that Harrison Barnes. I mean, Harrison Barnes is is in that financial range, but I don't know if he's that third star kind of guy. Oh, I I, I completely agree, and it's a, a unique situation, right, John? Where this is a, a hypothetical conversation between two teams who are trying to be good and get good right now. And from the Boston Celtics perspective, they look at hey, our window is right now. From the Sacramento Kings perspective, they're trying to open the god dang window that has been closed <laughs> for them for so long, and they're not willing to wait and sell uh, players to extend that window opening process by another year or two. So I don't know if the Kings and Celtics are likely matches for a Marcus Smart trade specifically, but I do know he is a name that the Kings will have interest in. General Manager Monty McNair said, has said that 
He wants to be aggressive and he wants to put the Kings in situations to where when stuff like this happens, when names like this suddenly become available, the Kings can be in the conversation. So I expect some phone calls, if nothing else, who knows if they'll go anywhere, but if they do, we'll be sure to talk about it more. If there's any insight uh, that you need into what's going on with the Boston Celtics, John Corrales is your man. John, thank you so much for taking the time here on this very busy day to come on Locked on Kings. I look forward to chatting and maybe discussing more hypothetical trades with you in the future. Always fun to do that, sir. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With the NBA playoffs going on right now, baseball season being in full swing, you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch or tip off, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contests information. The amount of bets that they have around each and every playoff game is insane. Not just the typical game lines, but fun prop bets, quarter by quarter, minute by minute, specific stats and player bets. There's so much fun and it's easy to make money when you partner bet online with our Locked On Bets podcast, a free podcast that literally helps you make money on bet online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. For those of you who listened to the Locked On Kings podcast last offseason, you'll remember how important I thought it was for the Kings to find a way to re-sign Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore, along with Alex Len, came in at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline last season, made a pretty significant impact, provided leadership in that locker room, something that's been pretty consistent with this Kings team over the last few years. First, it was Iman Shumpert and the impact he made. Then it was Kent Bazemore and Alex Len. This year, it was the additions of Darrell Wright and Mo Harkless, also Terrence Davis. So these pieces that the Kings have been adding to their core roster have been making strong, solid impacts. And I still feel that Kent Bazemore's impact was one of the best made. Now, unfortunately, with what happened in the bubble, the Sacramento Kings didn't end up making the playoffs. But I still felt that Kent Bazemore did more than enough to not only revitalize his own career, but earn a spot on the Kings roster going forward. But then Vlade Divac stepped down. General Manager Monty McNair comes in with a front office change comes change in philosophies. And we know the Kings wanted to try and save money or at least set up their books in a in the best way they saw fit. They decided not to match the offer on Bogdan Bogdanovich and let him walk, which based off of how he's performing in the playoffs right now, seems like a bad move. And the Kings decided not to bring Kent Bazemore back. Bazemore then went on to the Golden State Warriors for his second stint with that team, had a pretty decent season there, and now that he's a free agent again, he appeared on the Locked On Warriors podcast with Wes Goldberg. And not only did he talk about his desire to stay in one market, to stop moving around, to return to the Golden State Warriors, he even talked about his desire to stay with the Sacramento Kings. Here's an audio clip from that interview Unfortunately, around this time in the interview, Bazemore was having a bit of a connection issue over the phone. So I tried to clean up the audio a little bit. I encourage you to listen to it a couple times over if you need to to make sure you get everything that he's saying. But some interesting stuff here from Baze, who wanted to remain a king. I really wanted to go back to Sacramento. Spending time with them really gave me new energy towards the game of basketball. And uh, I was really looking forward to going back 
know, guys like uh, Fox, Buddy, you know, because we really started playing with HB. We really started to you know, form this crazy bond being down in the bubble together. They train the staff, the coaching staff. So that's kind of where I put, you know, that's you know, part of my growth is not putting all your eggs in one basket. You know, when that fell through, I was kind of in scramble mode. And, uh, ended up having to make a decision last minute. It was a new, uh, new front office. And, you know, people have, you know, other ideas and uh, you know, other directions and stuff. I mean, I don't really get into all of that. You know, it's just kind of mm-hmm. the nature of the business for me at this point, you know, as you, you know, you're aware of it, but you just don't really, you know, put energy towards it because it's out of your control, you know. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's a shocker. You know, when I we played them a couple times this year, being right up the street, you know, it's just good to see all of them. Bobby Jackson getting the head coaching job down in Stockton. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Guys, you know, life goes on. You know, you just know, you know, uh, those are good people over there. So, uh, nothing bad to say about anything up there. Again, I know it wasn't the easiest audio to hear, but basically to sum it up, Kent Bazemore wanted to return to Sacramento. He thought that not only had he found a great place for himself, had a great second half to the season after being traded to Sacramento, he felt like he was bonding with the team, wanted to be a part of what they were doing, believed that the Kings were moving in the right direction, even though... They struggled in the bubble, and it sounds like they were negotiating for a while. Bazemore was waiting for a deal to get done, and then I guess things fell through late, and he said in his own words he had to scramble to find another deal and ended up signing with the Golden State Warriors. I don't really know what opinion to have on this because I don't necessarily blame Monty McNair and the Kings for moving in a different direction, even though I would have re-signed Bazemore, but I think it's a good example of how... Some players, now of course Bays isn't a star or anything like that, but players may not be initially interested in Sacramento. They're traded here and they learn what Kings basketball is about or they learn what Kings basketball can be about and they want to be a part of it. And hopefully there will be players that have the same interest as Kent Bazemore in free agency this summer or maybe some players need to be traded to Sacramento in order to create that interest. But I thought it was interesting audio. Good to know that Bays wanted to return. Unfortunately, things just didn't work out. I'm happy for Bays that he is in Golden State. I hope that he sticks there. He also talked about in this interview how tired he was moving around and going from market to market, how difficult that is on his family. He has a three-year-old son. His wife is tired of moving. Completely understand that. Gave us a good glimpse into the real life of being a professional athlete. And just because you're making millions of dollars and playing in the NBA doesn't make it easy to bounce from market to market every season or two. So go listen to the Locked On Warriors podcast. Wes Goldberg does a great job interviewing Ken Bazemore and providing Golden State Warriors coverage over there. And I appreciate him allowing us to use the audio here on Locked On Kings. That'll do it for today's show. On tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm expected to be joined by Kenny Carraway from ESPN 1320 here in Sacramento. You should recognize that name. He was one of the media members in my Sacramento Kings roundtable a couple of weeks ago. I'm having him back on to discuss Buddy Heald in significant detail. We're going to look at the pros and cons to bringing Buddy back, what his potential value may be on the market despite his major contract. Can he work as a sixth man off the bench? Kenny and I will discuss it in detail on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, so I hope you'll join me for that. 
Plus, we are so, so, so close to episode number 1,000. I think tomorrow's episode is 999. So next week on Monday, we will celebrate 1,000 episodes of the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm hoping to have Jason Ross, the original host of Locked on Kings, join me for that. For those of you who have been around for all 1,000 episodes or nearly all 1,000 episodes, for those of you who have only been around for one episode or 10. Thank you so much for supporting the Locked On Kings podcast. If you could leave a review of this podcast, if you haven't already, best place to do that is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That helps us attract new listeners. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb in the box about what you like about the podcast. It's also a great place for constructive criticism. And of course, I would really appreciate it if you'll join me on the next episode and all future episodes of Locked On Kings as we continue through this hopefully successful Sacramento Kings offseason. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.